Good morning, hello baseball fans from all across this fantastical globe. This is your host, Michael Schultz from Throwback Sports Productions and Backyard Baseball 2001. I am sitting here, no fooling, right next to my brother, Ben Schultz. He is here in the booth with me. We are live from Millican, Colorado. It is the postseason preview edition of this Throwback Sports Production episode, and we are going to dive into all of the news, notes, matchups, and noteworthy things for the postseason as the Melonheads will be taking on the Braves, but we have a whole bunch of other matchups to get to. But before we get into that, Ben, I would like to say hello, good to have you here, and how have you been so far? You've been here for like, what, a day and a half-ish? Not quite? Day and a half, two days. I'm on vacation, as, as our dad says. What do we care? Yeah, um, exactly. But no, doing well, doing very well. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me mm-hmm. in the flesh, <laughs> in of person here. Always good to catch up with you and uh, do some stuff here. So speaking of stuff, um, we have quite the uh, the lineup of stuff to talk about today, uh, not the least of which is the National League and the American League as it, as they sit in the postseason, mm-hmm. or as far as we're, we're looking for the matchups thus far. So um, I guess we'll just take it down the line. We'll take the National League first, of which we are a part, mm-hmm. and then uh, go to the American League and then have some final closing thoughts but we'll take team by team matchup by matchup and uh go from there so uh what's on what's on the list first all right so first off in the national league we have the uh three seed cincinnati reds at nine and five against the number two seeded philadelphia phillies at 12 and two the reds come into this game as the nl central champions uh, as they won the uh, nl regular season title in the central They come in sporting a team ERA of 3.74, 9 walks, 74 strikeouts over their slate of pitchers. And their ace, Ben, Peter Levine, 4-2, a 3.6 ERA, 45 innings pitched, 3 walks, and 31 strikeouts. He'll be their ace of the staff. Whether or not they're going to go with him to start the year, we will see. But... One thing I do want to talk about is their their offensive lineup here. They have three heavy hitters. Well, they have a few. But in Zena Frome, who can pound the ball, Barry Larkin and Shane Smith, respectively. Larkin with a 487 average and Shane Smith with a 314. But he's got 10 RBIs. And as a team, they're hitting 310, 58 RBIs, 27 homers, 7 walks, and 78 strikeouts. I find it interesting that their pitching is decent, but their hitting might possibly leave something to be desired. Any thoughts on the uh, the pitching and the offensive spreads for the Reds here out of the NL Central and maybe how they would fare against the red-hot 12-2 and two Phillies? Well, as it stands, um, us, us aside, uh, we'll get to us later for the Melonheads, um, 3.74 isn't too bad of an ERA as a team. Mm-hmm. To, it's nothing to sneeze at. Um, and Peter Levine... With his 31 strikeouts, I'm not so sure how that happened and how they got this far. But, you know, I mean, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. I've shown up in person in your booth. Yes. <laughs> Case in point. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but they are here uh, with a 9-5 average, uh, Cincinnati Reds being the NL uh, Central Championship, or uh, winners, actually, for that. And as far as hitting goes... They seem to have a triad of heavy hitters: uh, Zenafrom, Barry Larkin, Shane Smith. Um, three ten batting average uh, between all those three, or as a team. As, as a team. Okay, I was reading mm-hmm. that wrong. Sorry. That's right. Um, Seventy eight strikeouts, though. As so, question then. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably reading this wrong too, but give me one moment to sure. Kind of 
collect my thoughts. So you have, uh, there are 74 strikeouts as the team for the Reds. They've pitched 74 strikeouts. Oh, they've pitched. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then when it goes down to the hitting. That's how many times the overall contingent of batters have struck out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not just these three. Yeah. Okay. And that's how it so is down, down of, the list, too. So kind of a less than less than 50% uh, strikeout versus hit ratio, I guess. I don't know if there's a particular stat for that. But I don't know. I mean, they seem kind of a a solidly mediocre team. Yes, that's a good way to put it. I, I was mute when I put this put this together last night before before heading off the bed here, getting ready for today. I was like, hmm. I mean, these guys seem to have decent pitching. Not the greatest offense in the world, but yeah, you know, you know, it could work. It could work. We'll see. So on the flip side of that coin, then um, they are up against the Philadelphia Phillies, who are twelve and two, mm-hmm. um, who are the NL East champions, and they definitely have some stats that uh, belie that fact as well. Um, so as an as a whole team, their ERA is 4.37 mm-hmm. versus the Reds' 3.74. So higher earn run average, um, 12 walks versus the Reds' 9 mm-hmm. um, as, as the season goes on. 87 strikeouts versus the Reds' 74. So already we're seeing an improvement on the pitching. Speak of... Pitching and improving, Kurt Schilling, mm-hmm. their ace. He is four and one, three point four one ERA. So versus three point seven four, or no, I'm sorry, three point six mm-hmm. um, of Peter Levine in the Reds. So a little bit lower, which is good. Um, and thirty two innings pitched for Schilling versus uh, Levine's forty five. Mm-hmm. And then we have. Three, count them, three walks, mm-hmm. um, equaling Mr. Levine for the Reds. And what else? I lost my train of thought here. That's okay. 33 strikeouts versus 31. Okay, so so their ERAs are a little bit different. Um, their strikeouts, though, definitely something to uh, to speak on. 87 versus 74, Phillies over the Reds. Um, and their hitting staff. Um, this is where things get interesting. Mm-hmm. So... For the Phillies, they have a 3.87 batting average. They're heavy hitters. Uh, their triad is uh, Anna Gordeau. Gordeau. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Wow, I missed flip-flop <laughs> the syllable. And anyway, uh, Tanya Uchida and Annie Frazier, mm-hmm. um, who have contributed mostly to this damage against their opponents here. But I don't see two... Many differences between them and the Reds. Um, 89 RBI is actually for the Phillies versus <laughs> 58 for the Reds. But otherwise, I don't know. I mean, they like if you just took their winnings, mm-hmm. their winning ratios, the Phillies would definitely be on top. I I, I wrote above them RAD in all capitals <laughs> with an exclamation yes. mark. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> like they seem like the kind of people who, who have a target in mind and they're going to go for it no matter mm-hmm. what the cost so that's kind of what I see in this first bracket here, the Reds versus the Phillies. I'm not exactly sure how the Reds got there, but they are. Um, I yeah. guess stranger things have happened. And the Phillies seem to be the um, the number one uh, pick for me as far as those two matchups go. But we'll see. So I'm predicting, if we're going to do predictions now, I'm going sure. to predict Phillies will probably win the first game of this this uh, this postseason. Okay. Uh, any thoughts, corrections, viewpoints? Um... Not a whole lot. One thing I will say is that um, for the divisional round, which we are in right now, it is best of three, 
And then the, um, let's see here. I think the, uh, the, the next round is also best of three, and then the World Series is best of five. But I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll cross those bridges if and when we get there, of course. But you're saying, so you're saying the Phillies will win game one, and then the Reds might be able to squeak at game two, and then it'll, it'll be for all the marbles then, do you think? I think so, um, because it, it, it seems like it takes the Reds a little bit to warm up and to kind of get used to the opposition. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm predicting. Uh, I like close games too, so it just might be me projecting my desire upon the will of the postseason, which sure. is completely conjecture, but you know. Yeah. No, <laughs> so fine. is this entire podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> this episode here. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that about wraps it up for this first bracket for me, unless you had any closing thoughts. Um, I'm going to venture to guess that Schilling will get the nod in game one for the Phillies. Um, Levine might get it in game one for the Reds. And from an experience standpoint, I would pick Schilling over Levine. In this matchup? I would, too. Yeah. I definitely would, too. Yeah. Just from, from a pure, he's got more experience, and he's he, he's the man for them. Like, he, he's been around. He's done this before. He's an all-star. All that, all that stuff. He knows what he's doing. So I'd give the edge to the Phillies in Game 1. Anything could happen in Game 2. And if we do get a Game 3, it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. But um, those are my news and notes and thoughts. And uh, we can head on over to the second matchup here in the National League, which I know all of you at home are very excited about. Yeah! Our mighty Melonheads are going up against the wild card out of the NL East, the Atlanta Braves. The Braves come in at 10-4, and four, having won the wild card. And they, out of all the teams we faced, Ben, yes, the Monsters did beat us, but the Braves gave us quite a show and run for our money when we had that game against them. Oh, what was it, like, game number seven or something like that six or seven it was a slugfest and it went back and forth the whole way the, the whole way for the entire game i don't remember if we actually went to extras or not i'm gonna have to dig that up from the archives but they gave us a heck of a run and they come in as the wild cards so these teams have seen each other before it's going to be a good matchup mighty melon heads of course come in at 13 and one and tops in the national league barely over the phillies because the phillies are at 12 and two but We'll start with the Braves. Coming out of the National League East, they are the wild card team. Their team ERA is kind of high at 4.73, 21 walks, 84 strikeouts as a staff, and their ace is Wing Kwan. Look at this line, though. 4-0, 3.36 ERA, 25 innings pitched, only two walks in that span, and 26 strikeouts. So a little lower on the strikeout end, but he's been very efficient in the games that he has pitched. So... Look for him to possibly get the nod in game one. As I said, it's it's merely conjecture. We won't know who's starting until we get there for game one. They keep it all hush-hush until we have first pitch. But um, <laughs> I'm excited to see, especially if he goes out against, and for all intents and purposes, we'll be sending out Kenny Kawaguchi, obviously. But... 7-0. <laughs> right? And sub-2 ERA. Yeah. But um, I... I'm very, very excited for this matchup. It could go either way. There are three games to be played at most, two at the very least, and I'd say whoever wins game one has the biggest amount of momentum going into the rest of the series. I agree with that, and I remember when we were doing the Bombers World Series, um, of which game three is our most popular listen on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. if you were paying any heed to that. It's kind of interesting. But uh, when we were doing that, it definitely 
rolled that way as well. So if you yeah. won, if you were in your bracket and you won the first game of your series, you generally ended up on top. There mm-hmm. was only maybe one instance, I think. I'll have to peel back into the brackets, but there's only maybe one instance where that was not true. Yeah. So it definitely stands the old, uh, I don't know what I was trying to say. I was going to say wives' tale, but that's not right. Test of time? The test of time. There yeah. we go. The the tried and true um, flow of, of the series kind of goes that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't jabber on about that too much. Um, in contrast and comparison to these braids now, you alluded to it a little bit before with the Melonheads and Kenny Kawaguchi and sub- to ERA. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few talking points I want to kind of bring up. So usually in this uh, swing of things, um, the ERAs and the walks are fairly close. Mm-hmm. Not even close <laughs> between these two teams. Nope. <laughs> the Braves 4.73 ERA versus the Melonheads 2.08. Mm-hmm. Almost two. That's crazy. Yeah. If you do the math and crunch the numbers, that's nuts. Same thing with this next stat here. The Braves 21 walks against the Melonheads 0. Nothing. Zip. Goose egg. Nope. Zilch. Yeah. Nada. They don't give any free bases. <laughs> they don't. So very staunch, very staunch, um, what is it? it would be defense. Yeah, defense and also pitching. Absolutely. Yeah, pitching from the walk standpoint and defense from also, I mean, the Melonheads have one of the best defensive infields in the entire league. They don't give up hits very often. You've got to get it out of the infield and somewhat past the outfielders to get anywhere close. I mean, there's a couple of, you know, like joke bunt singles and that sort of thing. Sure. But not a whole lot given up. Like, their defense is good. Their pitching is an outstanding. They, the Melonheads, though, if you take a look at the, at, at the batting averages, it's a bit misleading. I mean, what jumps off the page here is the Braves have a 368 batting average, but the Melonheads have a 487. So <coughs> over. Over, um, overall, I mean, overall as a team, 487. That's yeah. ridiculous. But, I mean, they have fewer RBIs than the Braves by two at 80. They have fewer home runs by f- next to the Braves at 14. That's by 10. They've walked more. They've struck out, I believe, the least of any team in the playoffs at 16. So they don't strike out a lot. They don't give up walks as a pitching staff. They work the count as good as any team you will see out there. But, I mean, they have timely hitting. If there's one thing that's gotten them through this, well, I guess two things, pitching and timely hitting are the two big things. You can throw defense in there as well. But when they need to hit and they need to step up, somebody always comes along and steps up. Yeah, we lost to the Monsters, but that was the only loss of the year. And even even then, it was a fairly close game. We just got outplayed. So... And the Braves will give us a run for our money. We've already seen that. It could go either way, but they will be looking to put out the ace of the league in Kenny Kawaguchi. Mr. Perfect Game himself will <laughs> hopefully go up against Wing Kwan, and that's going to be one humdinger of game one. But, um, yeah, they, we, we have 80 RBIs, but we only have 14 home runs. I mean, I don't. I think that's the fewest of any team in the entire lineup of the postseason here. I'd have to go take a look. Yep, it is scanning, it is scanning. the fewest. The Indians are second or second least at fifteen, and the um, the Bombers are third least at seventeen. But yeah, it'll be timely hitting for the Melonheads on the offensive side and their trio of heavy hitters: uh, Wheeler, who is the catalyst, even though he's at number two slot; Ahmed Khan, and then Keisha Phillips, the the the, the pound town duo 
as <laughs> the pound town duo as, as they have like it. as they have become known to be to be called they're going to go up against the Braves um triage of hitters or trio of hitters Tri- triad triad that that word uh wing Juan Lorelai Ikae and the uh all-star third baseman Chipper Jones so this is going to be a really good matchup I really like this on paper it's it could go either way in reality, we know that the Mighty Melon Heads have a pitching edge, but the Braves have an offensive edge, I would say. Even though we got a higher batting average and all that jazz, the Braves can hit up and down the line and keep those runs coming, whereas we have to pick our spots. So if there's one weakness in the Melon Heads game, it would be on the offensive production side. I agree with that. The, I think the Braves, to kind of close out my, uh, my portion of this bracket here, I think the Braves have authority over the ball. Mm-hmm. When they are in the batter's box, so when they when they look the pitcher in dead in the eye, and they look at the ball dead in the eye, and they go, "You're going to leave the park." It leaves the park mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah, it leaves the park. Yep. Um, the melon heads are usually stuck with a little more smaller ball. Um, they rely a lot on their defense and a lot on their pitching to kind of keep the heavy hitters um, at bay, or at least uh, not touching first or rounding second. But uh, smaller ball is the key for the melon heads, I think. And sluggers with a Z, they've officially earned the title for the Braves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they've they've kind of been chalked up to, as far as that's concerned. But two different strategies, uh, two different ways to get to the postseason, mm-hmm. and another example of why these teams are so good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's roll into the next bracket here. Uh, and now we're in the American League. Mm-hmm. We got uh, we got two more brackets to go, mm-hmm. including this one. Uh, we got the humongous monsters, who are eight and six versus. The number one seed, the New York Yankees, who are 12 and 2. Mm-hmm. Where have we seen this before? Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, <laughs> the first, yeah, we have the first bracket of the, or the second actually, of the, um, the NL. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the Monsters are sitting high and mighty. As a team, ERA of roughly under 4, mm-hmm. 10 balls, 75 strikeouts, and their ace, Tiffany Bosworth. We just, I think we recently... Faced them. We did. That, that name is very fresh yes, in my mind. Yes, because she pitched against us, and they, they are the only team to have beaten the Melonheads this year. Jeesh. Mm-hmm. All right, so so if things stack up, we may be seeing them again. Quite possibly. The only way that would happen, though, is if we both made it to the World Series. It's on. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> we'll try. Uh, so Tiffany Bosworth, 5-2 and two for the time she has pitched with just under 4 ERA, 42 innings pitched, 5 balls, 40 strikeouts, which is actually not that bad. Um, but heavy hitting on their staff, their trio of of uh, daring do, uh, Julie Dunkel, Mikey Thomas, Tiffany Bosworth, mm-hmm. lead the train charging forward, 322 as a batting average for a team, 55 RBIs, 20 home runs, 30 balls, 76 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, contrast that with the Yankees. Yeah, the they're AL, up against them. Yeah, the AL East champions, and um, just a note there: the, the, those aren't necessarily balls; those actually walks. Oh, walk! Oh, yeah. excuse me. The, 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 I'm the, so confused. No, it's okay. It's the official abbreviation is bases on balls. That's what that stands for. Oh, okay, I'm like but, bean ball. No, that's not right. No, not quite. <laughs> just make something up. No, I'm you, you can't actually have hit batsmen in this game, which is it's it's a good thing, but it's also kind of interesting. My apologies. Anyway, no, 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 it's fine. It's all right. It's my fault for not bringing this up in 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 uh, in, in the. Uh, Gonna say the prelims, but that's not correct either. <laughs> the pre pre game, <laughs> the pre pre game, yeah. Anyway, um, the premature no. pre game, <laughs> yeah, <okay>. exactly. 
<laughs> oh gosh, we need we need more coffee. Anyway, so the Yankees, as the NL East champ or AL East champs, um, they have an ERA .02 points higher than the Monsters. Monsters at three point nine eight as a team. Yankees are at four as a team. Uh, Eleven walks for them. Eighty one strikeouts for their pitching staff. So very similar numbers to the Monsters, who have come out of the wild card in the AL. But their ace, you've seen this name before, and take good note, Amir Khan, yes, the little brother of Ahmed Khan, 6-0, 3.36 ERA, 25 innings pitched, 3 walks, 35 Ks over his slate of games, and he has the most, um, he's, he's gotten the most nods, he has the most wins, he's undefeated. There is, <laughs> like, there's, that's, that's, that's insane. The only other undefeated Pitcher, like ace pitcher, aside from our Kenny Kawaguchi, would be Wing Kwan for the Braves, who we're going to face. So, Amir Khan, sharp as ever. Remember, he's not an overpowering pitcher. He gets you with finesse and craft and well-placed pitches. He paints the corners. He does all those things right. He doesn't have a whole lot of juice in the tank, which is why he has to be very exacting in his location. He will be going up against Tiffany Bosworth, as you said, 5-2, and two, 391 ERA, and she is more of a power pitcher. So, it's a... From an ace standpoint, it's a it's a measure of power against finesse, and the Yankees as a team are overwhelmingly favorited in the offensive in the offensive realm here. Three ninety batting average, with Jeter, Jay Green, and Samuel Middleton leading the charge. Eighty eight RBIs, thirty five dingers, ten walks, and sixty five strikeouts. So they have struck out not that many times over the course of this season. And of course, the Melonheads have only struck out 16 times, which is the least of anybody. But So the Yankees, living up to the Bronx Bombers moniker, they have plenty of offense. They hit home runs. They don't strike out as much, which is interesting for a power-focused power team. Yeah, on the it really is. Side. Something yeah. I wouldn't expect too often. Yeah, no. So they have the advantage on paper as far as the hitting goes. They probably have the advantage as far as the pitching goes, as, at least as far as Amir Khan is concerned. We'll see how the rest of the uh, pitching staff lines up here. But interesting matchup. You've got the Monsters who are pesky, and they can be really good when they're on, but if they're a little bit off, it's hard for them to keep up. Now, the Yankees haven't had much problem whatsoever being in the AL East and going to pound town on that division. They're 12-2 and with the second-best record, tied for the second-best record in all of baseball. They've got the offense, they've got the pitching, but the thing that I would look for th- from them is, do they have the defense? Because the Monsters do. And yes. will the Yankees be able to measure up on the defensive side of the ball? I, I guess we'll have to wait and see, because like there's yeah. so much we can just draw from the page. That's something that's a little clouded in my crystal ball of mm-hmm. divination, so I can't yes. say for sure. Sure. But uh, I like just seeing how things will fly and... Uh, roll out as time progresses so yeah i'll just have to hold off on judgment for that mm-hmm. and i'll be very interested to see who who nabs the first game of this because the monsters are usually they're usually focused more on their rhythm mm-hmm. and if their rhythm is off it takes them a while to get back on the beat yeah yankees no problem right they compose their own stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so um that's pretty much all i got for my closing thoughts on that bracket anything else on them before we roll into the third or fourth and final Matchup. That's about all I've got for them. Um, but I'm, I'd say if it comes down to who can out pitch, the team that can bail out their pitcher with the best defense is going to win that. Yeah. And the monsters, like I said, have the slight advantage on that, as far as I can tell. 
that'll make, that'll make it really interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. And speaking of other interesting matchups, we've got our, I guess you could call it like the, the quote-unquote weakest matchup of the bunch because it's a pair of eight and six teams. But still, <laughs> I mean, this could go either way as well. The Crazy Bombers, the number three seed in the American League at eight and six against the Cleveland Indians at number two. They also at eight and six. So the record is identical, but that means you can throw you can throw a whole bunch of stuff out the window, which would beg the question, so why are you going into the stats here, guys? Um, <laughs> it's a moot point, depending on how you spin it. Yeah, depending. Um, but we'll go into it anyway. The Bombers, um, out of the American League West, they are the champs in that division, a team ERA of 3.58, 14 walks and 80 strikeouts as a staff, and their ace is Jose Meisenheimer. Try to say that ten times fast. 5-3 and three with a 3.73 earned run average, 36 innings pitched, 6 walks, 34 strikeouts. It's not too shabby for him. That's a, that's a decent ERA. It's a decent record. It's over 500. he He'll take it. As a team, they're hitting 308, which is kind of on the low end of the stick, but not the lowest, because the Indians only at 280 batting average. These guys, they've got some heavy hitters, and you know this name well. Leah Wayne oh leads my. the crowd. She can beat the tar out of the ball, <laughs> and she can run, so she is a very dangerous force. Randolph Glukert can hit the ball pretty well as well. And the third one on this list is a surprise for me, Murray Goldman. She's like the wild card yeah. tree. How's the triage? Dang it. He's rubbing off of me. Darn it. The, the wild card <laughs> pick for the triad of, of the heavy hitters. Yeah. Why would you say that? Because I never, I never thought of Goldman as being that offensively prolific. I guess, um, like, yeah, I've heard the name before, and he's decent contact. But I didn't think he would put up the numbers that he did for this year. And um, while I'm chatting away here, I'll have to look up the, look up the Bombers spread here. But um, <clears throat> no, of, of of the three, he was the most surprising on the offensive side. But I'm gonna take a look right here. Down here at the bottom, 424 batting average. He's got, how many hits does he have? 14. But he's got seven RBIs. That is tied for third best on the team. I mean, I know he's a decent contact hitter here and there, but my goodness, seven RBIs, man. That's pretty good for him. Seven out of 14 hits, Mm -hmm. he gets a run. Mm -hmm. So every other at-bat, look the heck out Mm -hmm. on average. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, I mean, wow. Yeah, they they don't get a whole lot of plate appearances, but they have they have squeaked out close games. That they have. I mean, and like I guess they, the the uh, looking at the bombers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the bombers look like they have the gumption to kind of come through in times of trial, mm-hmm. like getting off their horse, getting off their rhythm, getting off the beat doesn't really phase them that much. They're used to weirdness, mm-hmm. and they can roll with it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I see from there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, 67 RBIs as a, as a hidden contingent, 17 home runs, which is, uh, third least and, uh, nine walks and 88 strikeouts. So they don't walk a whole lot, but they do strike out a good chunk. The Indians, however, strike out the most out of anybody that we've seen in this spread at 90 strikeouts as a hitting team. They are the AL Central champs. And this is a very interesting fact. They have the second lowest team ERA of anybody on the spread, second to us at 2.08. 16 walks, 78 strikeouts, and look who their ace is. Kenny Lofton. Yeah. As a pitcher. As a pitcher. Yes. Get out. I am kidding you not. He is normally a stud in the outfield. He has blazing speed. He hits for contact. But he also does it on the mound, apparently, for these guys. And 
five and two for his record, two point six seven ERA, which is pretty dang good for someone that's not mainly a pitcher. Thirty four innings pitched, one walk, thirty nine strikeouts. That's pretty darn good. Like thirty four innings and only one walk, and he struck out thirty nine batters. Yeah, the only time we saw any walks even close to that would be probably in the melon heads. Oh no! No, oh, yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, with with zero walks. Yeah, so they are they are a close second if mm-hmm. we're counting walks with pitcher matchups. Uh, Kenny Lofton, unlikely, very, but very effective. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I I, I saw that. I was doing my research. I was like, hmm. Well, that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> As we said, stranger things have, have happened. happened. Yes, um, and yeah. Go ahead. No, oh, I was going to say, like, going going on to the second part of that or second side of that coin. Um, their hitting staff. Mm-hmm. Um, guess who leads it off? Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Jacinda Smith. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay, and then uh, Jordan Thorner mm-hmm. lead the pack here. 2.80 a batting average as a team versus three, I'm sorry, 0. 0.280 or 280. Wow, I cannot talk today. Uh, 280 <laughs> batting average versus the 380 of the Bombers. Um, 45 runs batted in versus the Bombers. 67, 15 home runs versus the Bombers. 17, mm-hmm. 10 walks versus the Bombers. 9, which is kind of a negligible dis- dis- or difference. And then 90. 90 strikeouts in the regular season mm-hmm. versus the Bombers 88. So this tells mm-hmm. me, this tells me, this matchup may very well be contingent on how well the team pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the game's going to be played between the mound, home plate, and first base. Mm-hmm. And where have we seen this before? Probably with, probably with um, the Melonheads in their efforts to keep people off the base, mm-hmm. heavy hitters. Yes. So this is this is a bracket that kind of surprises me because their pitchers are both extremely good. Mm-hmm. But the Bombers also, or I'm sorry, the uh, the Indians also have a pitcher that's really good who also leads off the heavy hitting triad. Mm-hmm. Also very unlikely. Yeah. So this tells me his defense is as good as his offense. Mm-hmm. And if that is any rings any truth to the way the rest of their team plays, we get to see some really good baseball. We do. We absolutely do. Lofton leading the charge on the mound and at the plate and in the field. So he does basically everything for that Indians team, and they will rely heavily on him. The Bombers will probably put out Meisenheimer in that first game, and they can beat the ball all over the baseball field with Wayne and Glukert and Murray Goldman as well. So those are all the matchups that we have on both the National League and American League side. We will leave it up to you guys to debate if you wish. Um, feel free to post on our, on our Facebook page, Throwback Sports Productions, and give your two cents worth. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you like, who you don't, who's hot, who's not, and uh, what are your picks to go deep into this postseason. But that's all the news and notes we've got for our respective matchups. Any final thoughts, Ben, before we uh, wrap this up and get ready for Game 1 of the National League Division Series and all of the other baseball or all the other playoff games as well? Um, I don't think so as far as the game and the matchups are concerned. We kind of kind of beat this to death here, which is good because mm-hmm. that was a plan. Yep. And we checked that off the agenda. But uh, as, as a final note from me, um, thank you guys so much for sticking with us through yes. the entire season. And yes. it started last winter. Yeah. <laughs> it's winter ball and we're getting toward fall of the 
following year, so eh. Yeah, in a roundabout sort of way, we're still actually on track. The circle has been complete. Yes. Uh, so to speak. So, but, so thanks for sticking with us. Um, if you like us, share us around. Um, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, we're always on there as well. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment. Uh, we will get back to you expediently as possible. And let us know how we're doing. Um, yeah. Do you want to see more of this? Do you want to hear less of this? Want to have something else? Uh, leave your two cents worth. Um, and uh, finally, if you really love us and you want us to, you want to support us in, in a different way, go over to patreoncom Productions. Uh, drop a tip in the tip jar there. We will say thank you in the rewards descriptions to the right. Again, guys, thanks for joining us here. Um, I am Ben. And this has been Michael leading it off here with yep. the Statcast, the postseason preview edition. But uh, that's pretty much all I got. So I'm going to close. I'm going to hand it off to you to close it out. All right. Well, that's what we've got. And like I said, very interesting matchups across the board. It's going to be a very, very fun postseason. We'll see how far our boys and girls get. Game one will be sometime in the next couple of weeks. They are finalizing schedules, venues, and all that stuff, and ride shares and carpooling and all that wonderfulness. So game one will be a home game for the Melonheads against the Braves. And we will have that for you when we do. But in the meantime, enjoy. Talk amongst yourselves about these matchups. And for my good brother and co-host Ben Schultz right here in the booth, from everybody else here, and from all of us at Throwback Sports Productions, thank you guys so much again for tuning in, listening, enjoying. We get a kick out of this. I hope you do too. And we'll keep doing this for as long as we can. But anyway, get ready for the postseason, folks, because it's going to be a good time. That's all I've got. And we will see you for Game 1. Take care, everybody. Goodbye.